What is up, everybody, and welcome to another episode of Wex Appeal, Barbells, Beats, and Buffoonery. I am your host, Coach Wex, and man, if you are listening to this podcast because you listened to last week's, thank you so much, first, for sticking around, and secondly, thank you so much for taking the time to listen to episode number one. It was called Danny Spiegel is Trying to Kill Me, which admittedly was a little bit funny, so I'm sure it piqued your interest, but you're still here, so thank you guys so much. It got way more plays than I thought that it would actually get. In all honesty, I didn't actually, I didn't know what to expect, and it blew away all expectations, and I'm so happy that it did as well as it did, and I have you guys to thank for that. So thank you so much. If you have stumbled across this for the first time, welcome to the show. Go back and listen to the last episode, kind of get a little update of of how we are and what we're doing. We're just talking about life. To backtrack, I have four children. When we had our second child, um, she had some um, food sensitivity issues, and one of those issues was dairy. She had a, a high sensitivity to dairy. And since my wife was nursing at the time, my wife couldn't have dairy because if she had dairy, the baby had dairy, and it caused issues. Fast forward to um, our newest child, our our boy, he is the fourth child, just born in June, and he also has dairy, um, not allergies, but he has dairy sensitivities. So if my wife eats any kind of dairy product, he then has a whole bunch of issues and he's super upset and stomach issues and things like that. So we just try to stay away from dairy. So my wife has been on a dairy fast. She hasn't been eating any dairy. Well, that being said, we were talking last week about these cookies that I got to try from a, a company in Orlando called Fat Ash Bakes. Again, highly recommend it because they are amazing cookies. But when I looked at the package and realized that they had dairy in them, I couldn't share them with my wife. But I also didn't really tell my wife that I had gotten to try them because I showed them to her on Facebook and they're like oh man these look delicious so I get this text message as my wife is listening to the podcast um, waiting to pick up our girls from school like what the heck and I you know reply with a question mark and then she just sends me an emoji of cookies I was like oh man I done I done busted myself so yeah I did that I got cookies and I didn't share them with my wife but I promised her as soon as we're over this whole dairy thing with uh, with our boy that we I will get her some cookies. So instead we got her some Oreos, which is definitely not the same. But, my bad. I got myself in trouble. Told it myself on a podcast. And uh, yeah, so that's that, that's that. But, if you do get the opportunity, Saturdays at 11 a.m., get on Fat Ash Bakes on Instagram or um, on their website, and definitely hook yourself up with some cookies. They do ship. You can get them. They are ridiculous. So do that. What's happened this past week? Let's uh, let's recap. Um, so if, if you've been on the Instagram page, and please, if you haven't, go follow that. It's at Wex Appeal Podcast on Instagram. You've seen that I was posting some food, th- you know, some food things, food pictures on the Instagram page for the Wexfield podcast. And really, I heard about this on a podcast, and, and it was the what's called the carnivore diet. It's exactly how it sounds. It is the vegetarian nightmare. They are, I'm sure, every time they hear somebody doing the carnivore diet, there is weeping and gnashing of teeth from all the vegetarians collectively. There's a disturbance in the vegetarian force. But the carnivore diet is exactly what it sounds like. It is... meat all the time. So you don't eat anything else. You don't eat any sugars, starches, vegetables, fruits, dairy, anything. Some people say on the carnivore diet you can't actually have dairy, but I'm sticking to a strict carnivore diet. And I'm doing this for you. I mean, I'm doing it for myself as well. I wanted to try it because it just sounds interesting, but I'm doing it for the podcast. So for the next two weeks, I have committed to the carnivore diet. And I started on October 1st. So I'm at least going to go till the 14th, a full two weeks. I'm, I'm curious to see what it does to my body. Um, 
and also my energy levels and things like that. I've, I've studied a little bit about it. I actually heard about it on the Joe Rogan podcast. He had done it, I think, for 30 days and had an increase of energy. Only issue is that um, some digestive issues, not to go into too much detail, but didn't want to be too far away from a bathroom at any amount of time. I'm about two, three days in so far, so good. Um, I'm okay so far in, in that area. So I'm, I'm optimistic that this diet is going to work out pretty well. So for full transparency, I started this diet and I am currently at 223 pounds. We're going to track this through the next two weeks and just kind of see what happens. Uh, I took some before pictures that I'm not going to post yet because I'm completely insecure. Just, I think, probably like most people are. I'm completely insecure about any photos of myself currently. And I'm not in bad shape, but, you know, definitely, you know, I've got four kids. I'm rocking the dad bod. At least I'm trying to. And uh, so, you know, I don't have a six-pack. More like a keg. It's, it's, it's a party pack. You know, we have, we have fun. But that's what I'm trying out for the next uh, two weeks or so. So that's what we're doing for the podcast. If you want to try it, by all means, go ahead and try it. But I do have to tell you, I'm not a doctor. I'm not a certified nutritionist. Do not take my word as as gospel on this. It is what it is. I'm trying it out. I can only give you my experience and what it, what it sounds like and looks like for me. So that's what I'm going to do. What were some other things that went on this week? Oh, yes. Yeah, so if you're listening to this, last week we had the presidential debate, the first presidential debate, and man, it got some amazing reviews on CNN. Um, not that I'm a, a huge CNN or Fox News. I, personally, I don't listen to any of them because I think they're horrible. Uh, it, it, I don't know when news actually went to an opinionated format and no facts just opinions, but, um, a CNN, and this is a CNN anchor. I mean, this is supposed to be a reputable news source. They reported the presidential debate as, and I quote, a hot mess inside a dumpster fire inside a train wreck. That is how they described the 2020 presidential debate. I mean, really think about it. If, uh, if any year deserved the candidates that we have to vote for this year, it really is 2020. I, I, I'm just I'm speechless. There are no amount of like things that could happen this year that even surprises me anymore. And this is this is right, right along with it. Another CNN correspondent. This one's even better. Um, more succinctly called it a shit show. Yes, this is from a CNN anchor on the news. Wow. I don't know if you got to watch it. I watched, I, I'm going to be honest, I watched about 15 minutes of it before my head decided it was going to explode and I couldn't watch it anymore. I honestly, for purposes of this podcast and just life in general, I could care less who you're voting for. Um, one side or the other because I'm not going to get into that fight with anybody and I don't think the debate did anything to help anybody decide who they're voting for I, I really don't at this point I've never seen so many fanboys for a president and, and I mean that like boy band style fanboys for and girls let's not, let's not uh, you know step on toes there but I've never seen so many fans for a president. I, I didn't see anybody like, I mean, you see the occasional Obama shirts and things like that, but like full bone, full blown flags and banners hanging off their cars and off their houses and shirts with, you know, president Trump on the back of an Eagle shirtless with two machine guns in his hand, you know, screaming out America. I mean, I've never seen anything like it. Granted, I've not, I mean, I've been around 40 years, so I've seen quite a few presidents, but man, I've never seen anything like this. And then you've got Biden. I mean, say what you want to. I think the guy's a puppet, you know, and if, of the Democratic Party, and it's kind of a, little, a lot more of the same of 
what traditional politics have been, and we can see how well that's worked for us. So I have no idea. I mean, you can say who you want to vote for, but I mean, that's not, this is not the podcast that's going to get into that. It just is not my cup of tea. As far as quarantine, one of the things that uh, my wife and I have done, and I don't know if you have, of course, you know, if you haven't watched, you know, binge watched something on Netflix, actually, I would be interested to see what you have been binge watched on, uh, on Netflix. A few of the shows that we have, obviously, we we hit the whole Tiger King thing pretty quick, right off the right off the jump. You know, we went to quarantine in, in March, watched the whole Tiger King. Thought it was hilarious. <laughs> Somebody said definitely people from Florida. There were Florida people in there, of course, but you know, it it, it it's just it's a it's its own thing, its own phenomenon. But um, some other shows that we've been binge watching recently is, uh, um. Naked and Afraid. I don't know if you've seen that show where they take two complete strangers, one guy, one girl. They drop them in the middle of either a jungle or the frozen tundra or wherever they drop them in a jungle, in a desert, some remote location where they just have to survive literally with no clothes. So they drop two people off naked. Obviously, they use a little blur thing so you don't see anything. But like they drop them off naked in the in the jungle for 21 days and said, good luck. Here's one thing to survive with and go. It, there are certain things that I would do. There are certain things I wouldn't do. And Naked and Afraid is definitely one of them. However, it is intriguing to watch. So that's been one that, that we kind of been watched, binge watched for a little bit. Um, then we actually found that most of the seasons of The Amazing Race is on... Uh, is on CBS. It's actually, I think it's, it's on Netflix. It's also on like Amazon prime. So you can go and watch it. But we started on, on season one and this was right after we had the baby as well. So had a lot of time, you know, together taking care of the baby, you know, just kind of hanging out at the house and we watched the amazing race and it's pretty safe. We can watch it with the kids. So, you know, we're happy there, but that is a show that I want to do. I would love to go on the amazing race. Now, Given what it is today with all the COVID restrictions, and that being said, I actually just saw an ad today, and I'm actually recording this on Sunday, that um, they are coming out with a new Amazing Race on October, I think the 14th, so in like two weeks, but I have no idea how or when they filmed it, because if it had anything to do at this time with the COVID, you know, with all of COVID... I don't know how they could have done it with travel restrictions and, and things like that. And I was actually curious as to whether or not they would ever be able to do this show again. But I love that show. I mean, it is, um, it's amazing. It's the amazing race. If you've ever watched it, basically they take teams of two and they travel all over the world as on this giant scavenger hunt. They have to do these different challenges. Some of them are physical. Some of them are mental. Some of them are eating challenges. Just awesome. You get to travel the world. Generally, it's with a friend, loved one, spouse, girlfriend, ex. Like, they have all sorts of different people that they are paired up with. But definitely a show that I would want to, that I'd, I'd want to play on. I even talked to uh, one of my, one of my good friends and was like, we should definitely go. I think we would kill it. He just laughed. But, <laughs> and then, then another show, this one I, I saw actually before the quarantine, and I probably was late to the party on this, but I don't know if you've ever seen it. This is kind of a perfect quarantine game show that, uh, that, I mean, basically it's social distancing in a nutshell. It's called The Circle. If you've never heard of this, it's on Netflix. Um, they have a season, they have the American season, and then they have, I think it was originally done in. France so it's there's a French version which is of course all in French which is subtitles so I didn't really watch that one but I watched the American version the American version was interesting they took um it starts out with I want to say six people six to eight people it starts out with like six to eight people and they put them in this apartment building but none of them can leave their apartment they are in their apartment with just a social media, the circle, which is a social media for just the people who are in those apartments. So they're actually talking back and forth with these people, but only, you know, quote unquote, online. 
So they never really see them and they only see what the other people post and the other people can post whatever they want. So it can be, you know, they could be catfishing, which is, you know, where they, you know, put something, you know, put up a photo, you know, of a guy, but it's actually a girl or they put up this picture of this hot girl, but maybe she's not, you know, like all these sorts of things. So they would, but you'd have some people that were real 100% true to themselves. And then you'd have some people who would make up a persona, really an interesting thing. And then, you know, they would, every episode they would vote somebody out, but then a new person would enter the circle and they would do this, I think for like, like, I think 15 people total is, I might be off like 12 to 15 people like total make their way through the circle. And then they come to the end and they, then they finally, the final six get to meet each other. And it's just the coolest like concept that I've, that I've seen in a while. They, they literally have no interaction with each other except through this social media thing. So it's, it's pretty interesting to, uh, to check that out. So that's another, another one that we binge watched. Um, so, I mean, that's kind of how we've been keeping busy on our quarantine, you know, other than the fact that we had, you know, our fourth child and he is definitely time consuming as are the other three of my children. And uh, my my three year old, who is he would be number number three, the third one just started T ball. And that is, it's fun, it's fun. But uh, a two to three year old T ball team, it's like herding cats with a water hose. Like it's just, it's it's crazy, but it's a lot of fun. And they're super cute, out there hitting the ball and running around. And my boy's pretty good. I'm not saying he's going to the major leagues, but you know. He's got the basics down. He he knows how to hit. He knows how to run. Kind of knows how to catch. Definitely knows how to throw. He's he's got a good arm. But so I'm excited about today's show. Whether it be fitness, whether it be music, pop culture, things that are going on in the world today, COVID, 2020, and how much that sucks. Whatever we're throwing it all out there, and we're here for your entertainment. So we've got a guest today. My very first guest, and it is one of my best friends. His name's Rickshaw, and he is the leader of Rickshaw and the Ruckus, a band out of New York, and he is actually out of Queens, New York. And I've been friends with him for close to you know 15, 16 years, and had a chance to sit down and talk with him. We kind of rehashed some old uh, old memories, and we also debated our top five rock and roll bands of all time. So that is what the bulk of this is going to be, is us debating our top five rock and roll bands of all time. And I'm sure there's going to be some bands on the list of my list or his list that you're going to be like, that's stupid. Those bands shouldn't be on there. By all means, comment, throw your own list, go on the, uh, go on the Instagram and comment what you, you know, who your top five are and see how your list stack up. We've got some honorable mentions. We laugh, we joke, we we talk about all sorts of different things with bands. So that is coming up next in just a few minutes, or just a few moments, actually. So sit back, enjoy, and listen to me and Rickshaw just cut it up on the rock and roll bands. All right, so I am here, and I'm super excited because I have my very first guest on the podcast, and I have known this man. Let's see, I don't know, I don't know how long it's actually been. I know I've been married for 13 years, and he was standing next to me in my bridal party at my wedding over 13 years ago. So I know it's been probably at least 14, 15 years, if yeah, not least- longer. Yeah, at least like 15, 15, 16 years, maybe 16, no, but 15, right? I would say, I would say about 15 because I, I can't figure out when the, uh, those days were. I'm old now, <laughs> but anyways, I want to introduce to you the man, the myth, the legend. His name is Rick Shaw and he comes to us from Queens, New York via, I met him here in, in Florida and now he's back in New York. And he is the leader of Rickshaw and the Ruckus, which I'm going to let him tell you a little bit about that. And we're going to get into our top five in, in a little bit, but we're going we're gonna to catch you up a little bit. So tell me about Rickshaw and the Ruckus. 
because I got to hear one of like the like two of the first two tracks off the new album, and it's straight fire. Thank you very much, man. Thank you. Yeah. Um, so as you said, we've known each other a long time, been really, really good friends for a long time. And uh, yeah, as far as uh, as far as the band goes, um, I had been working as a solo artist for a long time. I had an EP that was ready to be released around November of last year. And I happened to uh, meet a friend who was a bass player. And I wanted to do this album release party, but I didn't want it to just be me performing to um, a backing track. And unfortunately, you weren't here in New York to be my DJ, as you have yeah. been for many shows. And yeah, so, we've, done, uh, we've, done a few, we've done a few shows. Yeah, yeah. So um, made this uh, made this friend who happened to be a bass player. He knew of some other musicians. And we started practicing for what was going to be this one-off show. And then all the guys got along really well, and we liked each other's style. So we met up after the show, which had gone over better than we could have hoped. And we all decided to keep trying to play together. And so we started writing new music. And here we are. Dude, that, that's awesome. And, and like I said, I got, to, I got to sneak peek. And it was, and you said it was only the rough cuts, right? Like that's not even the edited down version. Yeah, those are, those are just the demos that we've recorded. Uh, we're, um, we're booking dates in November right now to actually go into the studio, and we're going to record the first three songs. And you said booking dates. I was like, well, you, wait, you have live shows? Uh, we, well, what? <laughs> we had. There's live, where are there live shows? I want to go. Yeah, just like so many other people, we had started uh, booking monthly gigs, and then COVID struck, of course. And I really thought that we're a new band. We had only played a handful of gigs, some in Manhattan, some in Brooklyn. And I, I thought this could be something that could really sideline this whole thing. And everybody decided to stay together. And so we started writing music and sending files to each other. You could do so much with just GarageBand and just Apple devices and, and just record and send things to each other to just build the framework of a song. So we kept writing. And in the last seven months, we've written enough songs for a full album, which is really, I'm so happy about well and i and i told you it's such a difference from your earlier stuff to now when you have a live band backing you completely because it's just a completely different sound you've you've kind of reinvented yourself in this one and i love it thank you very much i'm super excited whenever whenever the album actually comes out of course well you know talk about on the podcast and we'll show tell you tell you where to go listen to it and all that sort of stuff um once it once it gets out there but uh, so the, what's funny is you do hip hop, but you're you're a bit of a rockhead as well. Oh, completely. Yeah. So little background. You, when I first met him, he what hair down to your back? Yeah. Like like really long hair. And actually, my early <laughs> you're gonna be you're gonna be so mad. The <laughs> earliest memory that I have <laughs> of hanging out with you was when we went to a show at the Ocala Raceway for a band that we all know, a, a small local band here called Eight Penny. And we went on this ride. It was like a fair. Oh, slash. man. Yeah. Oh, it was, yeah. It, it was. It was something out of a horror movie. They put us on this spinning circle of death. And it would swing back and forth and spin as it was swinging back and forth and going at like a, up to probably like a 90 degree angle on each side, if not more. Was it, was it more than 90 degrees? Oh, at, I mean, it was at this point, it's only the stuff of nightmares. So it was, it was going and I'm looking across at this dude with the long hair. He's turning, you know, three shades of green. It's like yelling at the guy because I don't know if somebody knew him or whatever, like he was a buddy of of everybody or there was no one else there. So he's like, Oh, we're just going to crank this thing up to 10 and let it go. And it was, this ride went on forever and looking across and you're like, seriously, you need to stop this ride. I'm going to throw up. And me just thinking to myself, this is, this is how it ends right here. Complete stranger throwing up on me across, uh, (laughs) across a, a fair ride. Well, here's the here's here's an important detail that was left out. So, <laughs> one, I managed to not throw up while on the ride, and true, it, because true, I just pictured it 
we're all swinging in a circle and I'm picturing it's going to stop and hit each person on the way and probably work its way back to me at this point. But right before we get on the ride, three other workers at the carnival rushed up who knew the guy and said, hey, man, give us a great ride. And we stayed on that ride way longer than it would normally go on. Oh, it was it was easily like if if it wasn't 10 minutes, it felt like at least 10 minutes. It felt like at least 10 minutes. Yeah. It was insane. Yeah. Oh, but that's my first memory. <laughs> <laughs> Me not getting sick on you. I, you I'll take it. Sick. I'll take it. It yeah. could have been worse. It could have been a lot worse. Yeah. I mean, but there were countless shows. And if you listen to the podcast last week, you're also the guy I almost elbowed in the face, DJ. Completely. Yeah. <laughs> yeah yeah and people enjoy people seem to enjoy that story yeah well, okay so here's the here's the other side of that story that uh, i would go out you know whenever you were spinning at, at one of the clubs and I'd, I'd i'd support and sometimes there was nothing uh really that i wanted to do on the floor or i wasn't at the bar so i'd come and join you in the dj booth. and one night as you already said you were definitely into your thing and i happened to just be standing a little too close fortunately not a centimeter closer, but you went to mix from one song into another and the elbow flies back and it's just life flashing before my eyes in slow motion. And it's no. And, uh, <laughs> and fortunately all I felt was the breeze and it stopped just had to be a centimeter short and you're working. You didn't even feel anything cause you didn't make contact. So, and in my mind, I'm, I'm just like, wow, that's it, let's just stand back a little bit. Stand back a little bit further. Okay. I'll tell him about it later. Yeah, and I had no idea until you told me about it later. Because yeah. <laughs> uh, that's one of the things, and, and I talked about on the top five last week, about you know do not mess with the DJ when he's mixing, because we have no idea what's going on. No, and I knew better than that. No. I wasn't uh, I wasn't ever going to interrupt we're... you or anything, but oh, I, no, no, no. I just didn't we're see that move. World. Yeah. Like, we don't, <laughs> we're just throwing bows in there. Um. So the reason I have you on here, like I said, you, you're big into rock, um, and we are going to debate the top five rock bands. And I know some of the – well, I know one of of yours, so it's a little unfair. You know one of yours, but you – or I know one of yours, but you don't know one of mine. And uh, But we're going to do top five rock bands, and, I, like, I don't want to say rock bands of all time because that's that's a very broad statement. But there could be arguments for each one of these. Now, we had said, what was the criteria we had set up? Um, well, there's definitely longevity. I know. Okay, yeah. So longevity, meaning not necessarily how long the band was around, but how long right. their legacy right. goes forward. Um, so I talked about live bands. or you know, Right, you've got to be able to deliver live. So definitely there's, oh, absolutely. Um, I mean, that's one of the biggest things is they had to put on a good show. Um, number one hits, ability to yes. sing along with them. Like, you know, the songs that come on the radio and you're just like, oh, I got to sing the song. Or karaoke. <laughs> we got some good karaoke times. We'll talk about that with one of mine for sure. Um, but you are the guest, so I'm going to let you go ahead and we're going to let you jump into your number five and then we'll go back and forth. And we'll make our way. All to right, our that's great. Ones. Okay, so my number five is the absolute hard rocking ACDC. Just a nonstop, nice. just party, good time. You know, don't let anything stop you, sort of band. And uh, yeah, their sound is just very unique and it's incredible. Um, and it's it doesn't get soft for a second. They have no ballads, not that I've ever heard. No, oh, it's, no. it's all <laughs> it's all hard rock to them. Well, what's funny is I've listened, I've I've heard ACDC in multiple different forms, and by by that I mean I've DJed with it, so I've thrown it in a nightclub in the middle of the night, and it just yeah. is a banger, you know, some sort of remix to you know Thunderstruck, you know, behind some, you know, hip hop beat or whatever, and it just kills. Or I've also doing CrossFit in the gym, man, you throw on some ACDC, you want to run through a brick wall. <laughs> you, you, you want to throw heavy weight and you absolutely. want to run through walls absolutely um, so I've been uh, I've been fortunate enough to see them live and they 
put on an incredible show. They at one point they of course have this giant bell that drops down from the center of the stage, and uh, Brian Johnson will oh, run yeah. and take a leap yeah. and and just ring the bell. It's incredible. It's for Al's bells. bells, and then of course the show ends with cannons yeah. for with uh, for those about to rock. We salute you. Yeah, that song. I, 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 you know what's funny is you were talking about. It, I completely forgot about that song. That song is just that. That song's a banger. No pun intended, because they shoot cannons. But yeah, no, I love that song. Um, all right. So my number five. Now this band was only around for seven years. So as far as the longevity, their legacy really is more in 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 play here. And it's the band, they were, they were around from 87 to 94, but they're really kind of embedded in that 90s culture. Uh, Nirvana. Were they, I mean, they ushered in grunge, Seattle rock sound, and they brought they it did. to the masses. Yeah, it, They didn't invent it. I mean, it was around, but they were really the ones that kind of changed it. I mean, what I remember before Nirvana popped on the scene was the big hair bands. So, you know, like Poison, like those guys, like the big hair, the makeup, the tight pants, all that, you know, that glam rock. And then Nirvana came and it's like, who are these guys? It was just a different, it was a different type. It was a little bit, you know, it was that grunge sound. Um, I mean, you take from their legacy. I mean, obviously, you know, when, when Kurt Cobain died, I mean, that was crazy. But then Dave Grohl goes on to do the Foo Fighters and Queens of the Stone Age and pretty much anything else he wants to do because Dave Grohl yes. is amazing. The crazy thing with Nirvana is it's only three albums. So with three albums, they changed the complete just landscape of music. So that's, that's okay. got to be my number five. I, I got I to gotta put that in. Deal. Deal. So... Number, Number four. four for me is Guns N' Roses. Massive Guns N' Roses mm. fan. Uh, I think that between Axel's okay. lyrics and vocals and Slash's guitar, their side players like Dizzy Reed on keyboards, they're fantastic. Duff, hell of a bass player. And yeah, I, I think it's a shame that because of a number of different factors, we didn't get more music from them. We went a long period of time with without music from them, but I'm so incredibly happy that yeah. they managed to patch things up at least well enough to get back to play. And the fact that they, they could have been this forgotten band and now they're playing arenas again, like it was 1991. Yeah. Cause they're doing, yeah. they're doing shows now. Yeah. 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 That's awesome. Well, kind of, kind of in the same, not really the same vein. It's a little bit different. Well, maybe. Like I, when I think of, I want to say eighties because eighties is really where I got into rock. Um, basically influenced by my older brother. He was six and a half years older than me. I mean, I was, I was only, you know, under 10 in the eighties. So my first experience to rock was with this band and they are 1977 to the present. And that's definitely. Really? Okay. Yeah. So. So this is like my first introduction to rock. And so I grew up in a very strict home when it came to music, um, very strict Christian home. And rock was the devil. Like you weren't allowed to listen to rock. It, it was it was the devil's music. <laughs> Take any Waterboy reference you want there. I've already uh, put ACDC on the list. Yeah. Man. I mean, we got Highway to Hell happening. <laughs> Highway to Hell, Hell's Bells. Uh, I actually remember going and seeing a like the church I was going to showed a movie about how bad that music was. It was it was, it was pretty funny, but it, anyways, Def Leppard. Def Leppard. I think my brother bought. Um, oh yeah, Hysteria. I think he bought he he bought Hysteria like three or four times because my parents kept finding it and throwing it away. He would hide it in the pockets of his jackets. We're in Florida. We don't wear jackets. <laughs> so he would hide it in the pocket of his jacket. And then when he wanted to hear it, wanted to listen to it, he'd pull it out and listen to it. Um, but that was my first like experience into rock was, was listening, to De listening to Def Leppard 
in the car with, with my brother and his friends. Um, they have arguably one of the best drummers of all time. And he only had one arm. And that That's is true. Rick Allen. He, he's listed by GigWise as the number seven greatest drummer of all time. And I remember that story of them, you know, of him losing his arm. I'm like, that's crazy. He's got one arm and he can still play like that. He, he's insane. Um, they could be characterized. They were characterized as glam metal, hard rock, heavy metal, arena rock, pop rock. And all of those titles I have no problem with. Like all of those match to me. And then, of course, the songs. So Hysteria, Rock of Ages, Photograph, Love Bites, and of course, everybody's very favorite karaoke song that somebody may have walked out onto a bar singing Pour Some Sugar on Me at a certain rock night where we did live band karaoke. You wouldn't know anything about that, would you? <laughs> no, no, I'd, nor would I, the, whatever the statute of limitations is on that. No, yes. nope, wouldn't know. Nope. No, wouldn't know. Wouldn't know at all. Um, but yeah, Pour Some Sugar on Me is, is, a, is a karaoke classic. And when you have a live band, you just have to walk out on a bar. It just, it has to happen. Um, I'm sure it would have seemed right at the time. I was totally right at the time. I'd do it again in a heartbeat. <laughs> I have no regrets, sir. None. <laughs> None nope. whatsoever, except yep. maybe for, well, there's some regrets. <laughs> we'll we'll leave it at that. I so I got mad at a one of, at another one of uh, our friends that uh, I saw a picture of myself doing karaoke, and this was down in Orlando, and I was like, dude, why didn't you tell me? He's like, tell you what, like tell me I was fat. Now at that time I was pushing probably around two seventy. Right now I'm at like two twenty. <laughs> so a big difference there as far as weight and a different kind of weight because I'm working out and doing all this sort of stuff but I got big I got big around that time anyways that's the only regret <laughs> that size shouldn't be on a bar just saying now, but you've um, made a tremendous change now man so well thank you. I have been trying so so with with this pick number four some of the influences um Dimebag Daryl from Pantera Mm -hmm. um they influenced slayer i mean there were a lot of bands that took influence from def leppard and they are one of five with two albums that sold over 10 million studio copies um the other four being the beatles van halen led zeppelin and pink floyd so and they're still touring so to me that puts them on the list that's that's my number four they're uh, that's great, man. And I I've gotten to see them live, and they they sound great live. It's they're not a studio band. They they no. sound great live. Well, I mean, to have that kind of longevity, to be that that far along, I don't think you can be a studio or like just just a studio band. You have to be able to put on a show, especially in the '80s and and that sort of that sort of vibe. Yeah, completely. I mean, it's. It's being found out, you know, if you, if you can't deliver, if oh, that's where sure. you fall short, then. Well, yeah. now, now you're in the singles generation where they just pop out singles, throw them on Spotify and nobody has an album. Like the, it's hardly any album yeah. ever released. Music today sucks. <laughs> Not all of it, man. Not, Not all, of, all it. of it. Not all of it, but you know, a lot of it. You got to really like go through it to, to find the good stuff. Yeah. All right. You're number three. Who, who do you got? Number three, this was a really tough call, but I decided to go with you two. Ooh. Yeah. Uh, another they... another band with a great set of lyrics and yeah. musicians that don't really play like anybody else. Uh, nobody really plays like The Edge. It's He's developed his own style. And they've also been around a very long time, a huge number of hits, still play arenas. So that's my number three. YouTube. I think my number three could probably, if they haven't played a show with them, like I, I could see these two together. My number three from 1962 to the present, the Rolling Stones. Of course. Just I, the kind of the same things that you're, that you were talking about. You've got Mick Jagger, you've got Keith Richards. I mean, come on the man. I would say he doesn't age, but he ages 
but he just doesn't die. <laughs> he's like five thousand years old, and he still gets up there and plays and rocks out. And it, it's crazy. They're in their they're in their what their seventies. Oh, definitely yes. They're, they're in their seventies and they're up there just like twenty year olds still just cranking it. They have thirty studio albums, twenty three live albums, twenty five compilation albums, and they've released over one hundred twenty singles. Some of those being Satisfaction, Paint It Black, Can't Always Get What You Want, Start Me Up, Honky Tonk Women. Um, so much so that NASA even named a rock on Mars after the Rolling Stones. Like there was a stone that, that got turned over when the, land, when the rover landed, and they called it the Rolling Stone, named after the band. Very nice, man. Like, I didn't know like about who, that. Like what other band has a, na- has a rock on Mars, named after them, and and I think they are probably the kings of the tour. I mean, the stories that you hear about their backstage and and on stage and everything is just they're they're legends, they're legendary. So that's my number three. Number three. So going on to number two. All right, for my number two, I got Bruce Springsteen and the Hard Rockin', oh gosh. pants dropping. Booty staking, <laughs> earthquaking, love making, Viagra oh, taking, testifying, death defying, legendary E Street band. I don't like this pick so much. <laughs> I know it's not for you, man. I know it's not for you, but hear me out. Okay. Here's the thing you've got. I know this... people love the boss. Yes. You've got a massive band that is so tight. They've unfortunately started to lose members now. Clarence Clemens, Danny Federici. Clarence's son now plays with the band. And they just built their whole thing by just playing, playing shows. You can, there's on YouTube, there's three plus hour shows. And it's just them. No opener, just them playing. And they've got more than enough songs to do that. I I think Bruce's lyrics are poetry. I think the band plays tight there. I was, they have a segment of the show where people will hold up signs with names of their songs and Bruce will go to the edge of the stage and he kind of works the crowd for a bit. And there was one show that I was at and he, he stops at this one sign and he says, I don't think we've played that song in 15, maybe 20 years. And he looks at the band and he says, you guys got it. He looks over his other shoulder. You guys got it. All right, hit it. And they went into it. And just to have a band that tight, it's it's incredible. So they're my number two pick. Okay, so see, you got the you got the experience of seeing them, and I I would venture to say that seeing a band probably changes everything about what you think about the band. It has so a probably, huge dimension probably, to it, yeah. Yeah, because probably if I went to that show, I would probably think the same thing. Be like, oh my gosh, they're amazing. They're freaking incredible. So we're on to my number two. And speaking of incredible and stage presence, and just outright performers this band's from 1970 and i'm gonna put an addendum on this so it's 19 or or an asterisk it's 1970 to the present however i'm gonna rival and just say 1970 to 1991 and that is queen i knew that was coming i knew that had had to be on there you had to know this was coming i'm freddie mercury come on man no doubt they are arena pop rock like to the nth degree obviously bohemian rhapsody they made a movie called bohemian rhapsody and if you saw it academy awards all that fun stuff um songs like we will rock you we are the champions another one bites the dust Uh, every single arena of any sporting event that you ever go to is probably going to play those three songs you got killer queen somebody to love don't stop me now crazy little thing called love his vocal range i don't I would rival to say that it is unmatched by almost anybody today or even from the past. Like his vocal range was just insane. But the thing about them and the thing that I love so much about Bohemian Rhapsody, the the song is the like the story. Like the whole entire song is a story. And I'm probably gonna be criticized for this one, but the only band that I've heard that tells a story and it almost doesn't do it justice, and I hate saying it, but I love this band so much, but I can't put them on this list because they don't stack up, is My Chemical Romance. The Black Parade 
if, if, oh, I hear you sighing. No, it's it's sighing in agreement. It's sighing. Oh, okay. <laughs> it's sighing in agreement. Continue. I like their fans. My Chemical Romance's fans to me is what hurts them the most. I think. But explain take, that's that's interesting. Explain though. They can be looked at as very just like emo and and not like just very. I don't know. I find emo kind of annoying myself personally, but the way they put that, that album, the black parade together and the ups and the downs and the vocal tones and everything. I was like, this is a present day queen. Like these, these guys are amazing the way that they are playing this and the way that they're singing this, the way that they're arranging this and how they're making it all go together. Like it's the whole thing is a story and the black parade is like to me the current day bohemian rhapsody but not ne- not nearly on the level that bohemian rhapsody was but just as like a as arrangement style wise if that does that make sense yeah i can get that um so i like i loved i loved my chemical romance i still love my chemical romance i'll listen to it all the time but didn't hit anywhere near what queen did queen was just incredible um, and the way that they told their stories, and like I said, the vocal range, I mean, they are the Hall of Fame in almost every category when it comes to a band. Now, they are still touring, obviously, without Freddie Mercury. They had a run with Paul Rogers, the uh, original um, lead singer for Bad Company. And most recently, they're touring with Adam Lambert, who also is an amazing vocalist, very similar in in, in ways that of... Uh, Freddie Mercury, and I think that is a good. If you didn't get to see Freddie Mercury, listening to Adam Lambert sing it is a good, like, gauge to it. But it's nowhere near what the original would have been. So that's my number two. Okay, Queen, just, I mean, just incredible. This does, and 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 let's and let's go let's go back to my childhood again. The Mighty Ducks. You, <laughs> you watch that movie, and they got. We are the champions, and we will rock you. And another one bites the dust. All those. So, this does make me hope we'll have time for a quick honorable mention, though. So I want to come back oh, to that. Yes, we, we're going to have to have honorable mentions. Okay. So we're at our number ones. We're at the number ones. All right. So the number one, I, and you know I this is coming. This is. Yep. It is the legendary Aerosmith. If you switched it up and did something else, I was going to be like, what? No, that would have, I'm not in the mood for pranking you tonight. So no, no, it has to be, it has to be Aerosmith. Um, I've lost track of how many times I've gotten to see him live, thankfully. And they also in their seventies, that came up shortly yeah. after Rolling Stones really started picking up traction. Um, and these guys still play fantastically. Steven Tyler just still does ridiculous stuff on stage that oh, most yes. people half his age probably couldn't really pull off, but he's able to do it. And uh, yeah. This... Might I say he also has a uh, fantastic um, sense for eyewear. <laughs> yeah. If you, yes. A little, little backstory to that. I, I, I hooked uh, Rickshaw here up with a pair of glasses and he met Steven Tyler and he was like, nice glasses, man. Yeah. He did like the, he did like the red and black Ray-Bans. He did. I'm going I'm to take credit for that. <laughs> no problem. As it is due. Um, yeah. So, I, so how many times have you seen them? I'm, I've really lost track. Uh, okay. We're into double digits easily. Um, nice. I've lost I've lost track, though. Uh, last time I saw, saw them, them at, was at their... Uh, saw them at Fenway. Saw them at Fenway. Was supposed to be seeing them at Fenway in about a week, but that show's been postponed for a year, just like everything else. Yeah. Yeah. I was supposed to do a spartan race at fenway and well yeah last time i saw them was at their vegas residency uh june of last year and they still play fantastically i mean steven tyler can still hit the high notes and dream on they're uh yeah they're incredible they're incredible that's awesome all right so we're on to my my number one your number right? one sir okay so my number one band was around for 10 years okay arguably the greatest band of all time. I'm just gonna let that one hang for a second. Mm. Okay. I I know I know who you got to be talking about. 1960, I, 
1970. Yeah. Okay. From pop to hard rock. Um, they're the best-selling music act of all time with 600 million records sold. Record for the most number one studio, uh, or sorry, the most number ones, and they have 13 studio albums over the course of 10 years. In fact, they did two albums every year, except for I think two years, no, three years. So in 63, 64, 65, they put out two albums each year, one in 66. Two and sixty-seven, one and sixty-eight, two and sixty-nine, one and seventy, and that is the Beatles. Mm-hmm. I, I there's no rock without the Beatles. I, I they are the they are the founding fathers of 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 rock. Now I did a little experiment because I mean the Beatles changed the way people listened to music, in in my opinion, at least rock. Anyways, they changed the way that that. Uh, People experience music <laughs> in more ways than one. Um, but I did this experiment. So I listened to the Beatles and I liked the Beatles, you know, and all their songs. I mean, they had Love, Love Me Do, Hard Day's Night, Yellow Submarine, all, all those, those songs. But I decided I was going to go back. And, I was, and, and if you ever have the time, if you're driving a lot like I was when I first started getting on the road, I went back and I listened to all of the Beatles albums in order of release. So I went all the way back to 1963, which was their first album. Please Please Me was their first album. And I went all the way through to Let It Be, which was their last album in 1970. So I'm listening to the, the, the two albums in 1963. I'm listening to two albums in 1964. Listening to the two albums in 65. And I'm thinking to myself, I wonder when the drugs actually like started influencing their music because obviously they did a lot of drugs back then and uh then you get to 1966 and the album revolver and you can actually look at that album and just like point at it and go "Ooh, right there <laughs> right there is where all the drugs started happening or at least started affecting the music and you see a huge shift from revolver and then you go to Sgt. Pepper's Lonely Hearts Club, Magical Mystery Tour, then the White Album, um, then Yellow Submarine, Abbey Road, Let It Be. Just a complete shift and change. So it's a really cool experiment. If you ever get the chance to go back and listen to all the Beatles albums, start at the beginning, go to the end, and see if you can find the part where drugs kick in. It, it's trippy. Even if you're not on anything, it's trippy <laughs> when you're listening to it. So that's my number one. Number I, one, I gotta, I great gotta choice. Put it, I gotta put it up there. Great choice. So, all right. So, we've gone through our 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 top five. What were some honorable mentions that you left off? Okay, uh, the first person that I was definitely thinking about was Billy Joel. Um, okay. So solo performer, so, but definitely so has his full band. Yeah, but here's the thing, though. So I looked at a couple that were um, just solo performers. And I left them off because they weren't a band. Sure. So, sure. like, I like I know Bruce Springsteen and the E Street Band would have been the whole, you know, the whole crew. But to me, it was just Bruce Springsteen. But you've seen them, so you you know, you know yeah. they're they're a little yeah. more than that. Um, but that's that's why I left some of the, you know. Sure, sure, that's understood. Uh, Joan Jett and the Black Hearts was also an honorable mention for me. Um, okay. Still still playing to this day and then uh, the other two bands are are two new well one's a newer band and one's a band that's been around for a while but a lot of people in the states may not have heard of them they're they're a canadian band yeah um do i do i know this one i don't think you do the canadian band is a band called the glorious sons and they're they're fantastic and they're great live they're incredible live for whatever reason, they just they haven't. They've started to build up a fan base in the United States, but they're primarily okay. they're of course they're they're majoring in Canada, playing to arenas, and then here they come and they play smaller venues. But they're they're huh. still got plenty of time to go. And then um, if I got time for one more, I've got to say that the, the last honorable mention is a band from the UK called The Struts. 
I, that is, okay, so that's who I was asking about. Yeah, they. I was like, do I know this band? Yeah, I figured you're gonna throw the struts. Yeah, they're in. They're incredible. And you were mentioning vocal range with Freddie Mercury, and the lead oh, yeah. singer of the Struts, Luke Spiller, live has a vocal range that is getting close to that. He just hmm. it's and it's got to be heard to to really understand. Uh, but yeah, it's uh. They're a fantastic band. I'd encourage anybody to check them out. Nice. So, so I threw some of some of the honorable mentions. Some of them were were some of the ones that you had. So, ACDC was one of my big ones because I'm like, oh, like how can I not put them on the list? But then when I was trying to shake these shake these things out, I I had to I had to stay with where I was. Pearl Jam was another one. Mm-hmm. Um, but I mean, if I'm going to pick Pearl Jam and Nirvana, as to which one really push that scene i gotta go nirvana um oh man who else i had a list of them Aeros- oh oh so i gotta talk to you about we gotta go back to aerosmith for a second sure i completely forgot i mean that was my my you know like the videos that they came out with like we're not even talking about their videos like what teenage boy didn't have a crush on alicia silverstone and Liv tyler it was a very formative period. It was a very, <laughs> very formative period. That's a PG um, way I could say it. Yeah, that's a G-rated sure. way I could say it. Yeah, um, yeah. No, it was. It was like who did not have a crush on on those two? You know, because of those videos. <laughs> yeah, I just had to go back and had to revisit that for a second. Um, but. That I mean, this was also the age of MTV where they actually played music and played good videos and not just those. But I, I, I mean, think were... I could say this not just as a diehard fan. I would like to think that most of those videos would actually still hold up today. You'd see wherever they use some sort of technology, oh. of course, that would be that would be different. But I don't think it would be something that would instantly strike you as out of date necessarily like maybe some of the music videos you would see in yeah. the in the 80s in the earlier 80s no for sure yeah. for sure yeah so i had to go back to had to go back to aerosmith for for that one um oh man what were so van halen was on the list led zeppelin um, i mean they just led zeppelin was on the list um I can see them, but I can. U two was on my list as well as as one of my one of my kind of the sleeper picks. Couldn't quite get it into my top five, but they're yeah they're all over the place. So I mean, definitely. I mean this the, these lists could be debated. I mean, you and I didn't have yeah. one that was the same, which did and did not surprise me. But we'll have to do this again, man. I, I know we're gonna do. I know we're gonna do a couple more segments like this and uh, I've got some other ones that I don't think we're going to have the same list on uh, but I think you'll be very surprised yeah on, man on some of the other no ones. this was so a lot of it'll, fun it'll I appreciate fun. it but awesome man well hey thank you so much for being on you know being on the podcast and, and jumping on episode number two uh, man it's going to be a it's going to be it a will journey. be man but keep going with this keep doing this thing so awesome man you Thanks. got it and we'll Later. talk to you soon What's up, everybody? I hope you enjoyed that as much as I enjoyed talking about it and cutting it up with Rickshaw. We have a great time anytime we get together, and I'm definitely going to have him back on the show to talk about some other things that are going on with him uh, when his album drops and they start touring again. If you're in New York and you're listening to this, if you're in the city, go check them out. It, they're definitely going to be worth it, worth, worth your time. Rickshaw and the Ruckus. So I'm super excited. I listened to, like I said, a couple of their um, first rough cut tracks. Really, really good stuff. So we had a great time. I hope you had a great time. And I hope you share this. Get onto Instagram. Check out Wex Appeal Podcast. Check out Coach Wex. And continue to support the show. That's the way we get the word out is because of you. And that's how the first episode got out. That's how the second episode is going to go. So I hope that you guys are enjoying this as much as I am doing it. 
share this on your on your Facebook, on your Instagram, wherever you can share it. Tell your friends, tell your enemies, tell your loved ones, tell everybody that you can about this uh, about this new podcast, and we'll see how far we can go. Also, we have a link on the anchor. It's if you go to anchor.fm forward slash wexappeal, there's a link if you want to support the program. It's gonna be listener supported. You can donate as little as 99 cents a month all the way up to 9.99 a month and if you do that i will hopefully be getting extra content for you and also um you know my eternal thanks and gratitude but that helps bring this show to the next level get us a little bit better you know toys i've got some microphones and things like that that i purchased this week that uh that have helped out a lot that i hope make the sound a little bit better but you know we're trying to improve this thing every step of the way so if you can support great if not listening is as big a support as anything else continue to listen continue to share hope to see you guys right back here next week we're going to be dropping new episodes i'm thinking every monday we're going to drop those episodes every monday for you so get on there check it out thank you guys so much for being here talk to you next time